You are listening to Let's Talk Tribe, the official Let's Go Tribe podcast. Swung on, lines the deep left field, it is gone! It went, deep right, Batista's going to wave goodbye, start the fireworks show! This is Let's Talk Tribe, the official Let's Go Tribe podcast, episode 134. I'm your host, Matt Lyons, and in this week's episode... World Series is over. The Nationals are champions, and the Astros are not. That means Michael Brantley's evil doppelganger not won a World Series, but a couple former Indians players did. We'll look at some transactions the Indians did over the last couple weeks, including Corey Kluber, Jason Kipnis, and summer leaguer named Dan Otero. We'll finish up the counting down our Indians MVPs for the season, and we'll take a look at Carlos Santana's uh, eye at the plate getting even better, and maybe how we can use the data that fellow Raider Alex Hooper put together to look at some other Indians players and how they might improve going forward. Join me for all that and more is none of the Mr. Merritt Rolfing. Merritt, how you doing? I hit my head yesterday and I have a big bump now, so I'm not great, but we're getting there. <laughs> that among many other things, <laughs> the fact that you're hacking the death and dying, you know, it's good. It's been a great couple of days. I'm going to do a beautiful I mean, at least you have a football team that makes head. sense and isn't falling apart and on fire, so. Hey, you know, we have, we all got other things. Their, their state is on fire, meaning California. <laughs> That is true. true. The the team itself currently, not a dumpster fire, which is a great thing for those boys in the East Bay. Uh, Yeah, other than that, great stuff. uh, DC is still standing, for those who who were curious. Um, The celebration was muted, but but excited, I think. And yeah, there you go. Yes, let's let's start with that. Like, did you go to, or were you out of town for that, or did you get to see that? Uh, I was actually at um, at a John Mulaney show. Um, comedian John Mulaney that evening. My wife got those tickets for me for my birthday. Uh, oh, so cool. I missed most of World Cup Game 7 of the World Series. Uh, but <laughs> No, the actual... Didn't they have the parade today? Oh, uh, yeah, you would have been gone. They had it. Yeah, I was at the yeah. yeah. A lot of people in town are actually very upset with what they did because uh, like when the Caps won, all the federal workers got to go to it during work. Uh, and they had it on Saturday this year. So uh, they, no one got to get off work to go to it parade so there's just which is a big bummer <laughs> yeah no i wonder no yeah it's great i, I, I really like brian dozer just getting drunk and carrying people and that was fun i wonder if he's gonna top um ovechkin just doing a week-long bender after he won the stanley cup i'm pretty sure that was more like two and a half months uh, <laughs> what, what true, ovechkin yeah. did he just kind of i mean hockey players are a different breed and I'd prefer it to be someone who has a, lo- a longer tie with the net. Like, I think Ryan Zimmerman should do something resembling that because he's been with the Nationals since they, like, he's the first National, basically. And I think he should just tear it up and just be, be discovered in alleyways around D.C. periodically, shirtless and passed out. And go, Ryan, not again. And he goes, hey, champs. And everyone goes, oh, Ryan. <laughs> yeah, it seems like the Nationals, none of their longtime guys that usually get like all the attention. There's always Son Doolittle, who seems like a really good guy. And then Ryan Dozier is loud. And then I guess you can count Max Scherzer as a Nationals guy now. And Stephen Shogsper is obvious, obviously. But um, it seems like their team was a lot of free agents that came in and helped them um, I don't think Jan Gomes helped a whole lot, but he was there. He was a free agent. As Drupal Cabrera was really good down the stretch when they when they needed him. So it's weird that we're in a time where nobody signs these old players. And I don't think the Nationals were as good as they were because they had old the oldest team in the league. I think most of their production came from their young players, and they also happen to have a lot of old guys backing those guys up. So I don't know. I think it's just kind of weird. I think it's neat. I, I would like Zimmerman to be on a bender as well, just because... 
that, that that was one of the the takes that the various bad or mediocre writers for some of the local publications were running with that oh look how smart these guys were to buck the trend and sign all these old guys and you're like Jan Gomes was terrible all year man I mean yeah I I you know I I like watching him catch I think he was especially helpful for guys like uh like Patrick Corbin but they didn't he didn't do very much of anything really for the team um I think he had a pretty big hit in game seven memory serves maybe Drew Walker anyway it's not, it's not to say he didn't help, but like, like you said, they, they got to where they were, and they, you know, they pulled themselves out of that 1931 hole because they Trey Turner got healthy again, and, and Anthony Rendon got healthy again, and no, no, it's grit, uh, that, it's veteran grit. That's it's not. That oh veteran. right, I'm sorry. Yeah, I mean, I just, I, I, however you want to look at it, though. Yes, I'm sure those guys helped, but of the new guys on the team, the most impactful guy they signed was one that they gave a hundred and whatever million dollars to in Patrick Corbin. And after that, it's, I guess, Anibal Sanchez. Uh, but he's been, he's been kicking around for a couple of years. How I think of anything, Howie Kendrick though, over the last couple of years has been just a remarkable addition for that team. Uh, I think with the nationals, he's got a, a batting line of 322, 367, 529, which is insane. I mean, and then he was even better in the playoffs too. So he was, yeah, well, and, and that's only two hundred and thirteen games over three years. Um, but that was that was one thing they were talking about coming into this uh, the October was he can't play every day because he's getting up there. He just kind of you know he gets tired. He, you know how old people are; they get tired uh, sometimes. But no, and so but him all the the time off and stuff like that really did help him, I think, and he was incredibly effective to the tune of. Well, I mean, in the ALCS, he, what, he was 333, 412, 600. He was four or five hits, something like that. Five for 15, yeah. Handful of walks, blah, 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 et cetera, et cetera. He was huge. He had that, he had but that it wasn't just because he's old, like everybody said about the... No, like it's because he's good and, and he had time off. Like, right. like <laughs> yeah, he, he's, he's, he's done things like this in the past. It's just now he's able to not have to grind himself into dust for 162 games like he did with the Angels. And yeah, no, I mean, again, it's, it's, it's how, honestly, it's how the Indians run too. You know, like they, they, they have their core of players and then they supplement it with old cheap guys. Uh, I mean, Patrick I'm, Corbin's I, not for a billion dollars, but well, well, and, and, and that's, <laughs> that's not and quite that's an Indian's thing. kind like, of move. Right. Exactly. Like, like that, the, uh, they, they traded for what's his name? Um, Kendrick. And then he, he got paid a combined $7 million the last two years. Like that, it, that is an yeah. Indian's move. It's the other thing is it's oh, the yeah. spending all the money on Scherzer and um, sp- I mean, spending all the money on Corbin and things like that, that are very decidedly non-Indians moves. Um, yeah. I think those are also as, as far as like talking about bucking trends, like that's the one it kind of spits in the face of everything I've been saying. About it. I like that the Indians are like, they're just doing the whole get in the playoffs and get hot thing, but they also gave Patrick Corbin the ball in game seven in an important spot. Like he was the player they didn't quote unquote need to sign because he probably doesn't move the needle a whole lot for him. But I mean, he probably, they might not have won the world series without him. Like that's, they needed those two innings out of him. They got him. It was like similar to last season where the Indians probably didn't need Bryce Harper, but maybe if they had him, he does a couple good hits somewhere. So I don't know. I guess it's maybe the, the nationals give us hope that there's not just one way to build a team anymore. Cause I think everybody's doing the thing where it's like, there's tiers. You're either the Astros and Yankees where you're just trying to keep, building a superpower or you're like the next level down where you just want to get into the playoffs and get hot. And if you're at that level, 
you don't usually try to like exert yourself and get to the Yankees and Astros because you're not going to catch them. You're just going to have to hope for the best, which is where yeah, the yeah, Indians hope, are at. Hope you can but it's nice, them, like basically. Yeah, but it's nice that the Nationals came in. They were kind of in the second tier, and they actually bothered to try to get to the top one, and it sort of worked. It, well, I guess it really worked, but <laughs> but it also worked because of Juan Soto is amazing, and Max Scherzer and Steven Strasburg are amazing, and I don't. Know, it, it seems like there's a lot of similarities between them and the Indians, either the 2016 Indians or even the 2019 Indians, if things went a lot better than they did. It's the strong rotation. It's a few core young players. It's starting the season terribly, which is a very Indians thing, and they managed to do it and win. So, but again, it, it kind of is... gives me hope that the Indians can do something. Well, the, the, the thing that's going to get in the way of that is um, Max Scherzer made $42 million this year. I don't think there, there's going, there is a, a, a clear point where the Indians will ever be paying someone $42 million in a single season of baseball in any time in the near future. And, and that's or like Corbin made, what would you make? You made 12 this year and then it goes 19, 24, 23, 24, 35. Like uh, he's that's, I, I, don't know, I think it's almost like that's the trend bucking that they're doing too, is they're the ones that are actually spending money on starting pitching, which we're, we're always told is such a risky maneuver, a thing that's like scary to do. Uh, and if it doesn't work out the first year, then you will look like an idiot. But it took how many years before they from signing Max Scherzer to winning a title? What, like four or five or something like that? In between them signing Max Scherzer and and now, it did also include two two Cy Young wins and a, a coming in second in Cy Young voting. And he, honestly, he might win a third one this year. I would be completely okay with him winning that. I'm not really sure who is the inside track. I haven't really, paid, I haven't really looked into it lately. But that's the other trend bucking that they're doing is that they're actually spending the money on free agency, which is and for I, I personally complain a lot about how cheap the learners, the owners, ownership of the team is, despite these those two specific signings, because they're going to let or they let Harper walk, and they're going to let one of uh, Anthony Rendon or Steven Strasburg walk, which sucks. Those guys both rule, and they're two of the most amazing. Well, one, I mean, he was it was written in the stars that he was going to be this good in. in um, Strasburg, but Rendon in particular is one of the most marvelous kind of out of nowhere players. I mean, he wasn't really out of nowhere. He was a first round draft pick, obviously, but I'm sorry. No, he was, yeah, he was a first round, yeah, six over a pick, but he is so much better, I think, than anything anyone expected him to be. I think, I don't know. I love watching him play and I think he's probably the best Nats player. Well, at least trajectory wise, the best Nats player ever. Uh, He's better than Harper, I think. And uh, And more consistently better too, because Harper's up and down, so. Harbor had that one 10 win season. Uh, Rendon's had, this will be his third, basically six win season. I think Harper only did that twice. Uh, and I love this guy. No, I great. think we should give the Indians front office maybe a little bit more. Nope. Um, they get no credit no. anymore. I'm done. Well, no, with it's it. not credit. No, <laughs> not even front office, the ownership, but maybe I'm not giving them enough. Um, I don't know the right word, but I'm terrified they're looking at the Bryce Harper situation and saying, oh, look, they let him walk. We can do the same with Francisco Lindor and still win. Oh, my God. Without... That makes you want to die even thinking about that. <laughs> right? I, I, I would hope they're not that dumb. I, I don't think the front office is. I think maybe ownership like sees it and like, oh, we can save the money. We don't need to We don't need to sign Lindor. Look at the, like, the Nationals. They just had they a bunch of whoever. They Soto out of their ass, it seems like, for God. <laughs> I just... <laughs> I, I, we I'm, have for I, Jose Ramirez. He's basically Juan Soto. We're good to go. We don't need anybody else. That's what I'm terrified of, is that they're going to see that and learn the wrong lesson from this team. Yeah. No, the, the lesson to be learned here is you you pay for talent, and the talent was paid for with this team. And yes, I think that was a misstep. I think they would have won. They, they may well have won the division if they'd had Bryce Harper, uh, They because they would have been able to paper over that you know that tough stretch in the, in the beginning of the season with his absurdly hot, absurd hot streak, and so it wouldn't have been as big of a deal. 
uh, when when Turner and Rendon got hurt. Even without him, I don't think it was that big of a deal because they built the team so much around. Like they built a team that could survive without him, but the Indians definitely cannot survive without Francisco. And that's the biggest difference. Like I think they were they were always fine without Harper. I was I I would have liked them to spend the money, of course, but I always I understood why they didn't do it because they had Soto and Robles and like you said, Rendon and Strasburg. They have so many good players that they spent a bunch of money on already. I could see why they were okay without paying Bryce Harper well into his thirties when. I mean, we were just saying like he's inconsistent, not nearly as good as what he looks like. So I could at least see that, but I can't see the Indians doing it and it's being successful like this. I am, I am, I, I think he doesn't get talked about. I, I know it got mentioned a lot in the in the World Series because Joe Buck has seven talking points. I thought I, I thought Joe Buck was great, but he <laughs> he does he does have like seven or eight talking points. You know, it's like in 2016 it was let's talk about Schwarber literally as much as possible, and then in this case it was Altuve, and then but whenever. Like you, you even got a glimpse of Trey Turner. They mentioned his broken hand. He was marvelous in the postseason and all season, really. And oh, yeah. him, him being healthy was such a, a, a really it really touched the team off. And uh, I, I know his batting lines and stuff weren't you know spectacular, really. But he was. I just I feel like he was a very impactful and important player for them throughout. Really, it's just throughout the, the playoffs this year. And that those are players that the Indians don't have. I think that that's part of what it is. Like Trey Turner is a very good player, and the Indians just don't have enough of those yet. And you can paper over losing a. Lindor-esque, Harper-esque player by having a bunch of very good players as the um, and also a Juan Nats. Soto. <laughs> yeah, well, I'm mean, the thing. Yeah, so Juan. Well, and then they had Adam Eaton. I mean, who's again a very yeah. good player? I've always kind of liked uh, Trey Turner, a very good player. Howie Kendrick, who's pretty good. I mean, they have Victor Robles is more than pretty good. And then of course, again, they Juan Soto came in last year and just erupted in a way that I don't think. Anyone expected to be this good? You know, it's it's like your Don Alvarez with the Nat or with the uh, Astros, rather. Just why are you so good? So all of it's just, <laughs> just mind blowing. I mean, just yeah. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know what it is. Juan Soto's yeah. photo on their on their team page. It's like it's a knockoff photo. It's very strange on on Baseball <laughs> Reference listeners. Go check out the ba- the Washington Nationals team page for Baseball Reference. Very strange photo of Juan Soto. <laughs> It was, um, to, to round it back to the Indians, the final thing is, did you see, um, the, so the last at bat, uh, Michael Brantley struck out. He was down on one knee. I think he, I didn't, oh. I think he just swung through it. And then right behind him, Jan Gomes was already standing up and cheering. It's the, yeah. it's like the duality of man kind of thing with the Indians. <laughs> <They had> Jan <laughs> Gomes celebrating and Michael Brantley down. It's, I would have wanted, the, I, I didn't want the Astros to win, but I would have much rather had Mike, Michael Brantley win a World Series. Nothing against Jan Gomes, but I love Michael Brantley so much. I want him to win it, but. Neither of those players showed up in the 2016 World Series. Well, Michael Brantley literally didn't show up. Well, that's right. Yeah, I guess you're saying that, aren't you? Yeah, Go- well, Gomes didn't. Did, Gomes didn't play either. <laughs> right. Yeah. I, yeah. Because he he was hurt all year. Like they were both not involved yeah. in the 2016 World Series or, or season for the most part. Really, honestly. So I think that's a very interesting thing that and, they were and both... Gomes opened the way for Roberto Perez that year. But right, exactly. There's just yeah. a gap without Brantley because remember they're going to put Carlos Santana out there because Brantley wasn't oh, there. It was a bigger gap. I, I just feel bad for Brantley because. So just everybody boy. loved him in Cleveland. There was, I mean, there was the whole tears when he left, and then he he wanted to go to Astros just to win. And I don't know. I want him to get one. Bring back the goatee, so I don't feel so bad that you don't look like you were on the Indians. And then we'll I was good. so conflicted every time he comes to the plate because I didn't want the I didn't want the Astros to win really. Right. Uh, <laughs> I, like, I want oh, just Michael, Brantley to win. Get a base hit here, <laughs> but then just die. You know, just die on the base pads or something. Yeah, it's more. Like, <laughs> or just run slightly inside so they throw a bad pit or a bad. What ball the hell was that? Fear. <laughs> <laughs> my wife good. is a casual baseball fan and she was incensed by that i've never seen her that mad about almost anything as she was about that stupid <laughs> call 
And like, I'm like, she's like, man, what the hell is this? I'm like, I have no fucking clue. I, I, I know, I know a third of the rules of baseball because they always pull these weird, uh, you know, like sub sub cause of some weird rule somewhere where if you, I don't, I don't even know. I can't even really describe. I don't even know what happened there, but it was the dumbest thing on earth. And yeah, and then they justified yeah. it as it was a judgment call, so you can't do anything. Like, well, it was a wrong judgment, fuck, and he sucks. Fuck you. Yeah, your judgment is bad, and get out. How's that sound? <laughs> So yeah, any other thoughts on uh, the World Series? It's over now. Tony, I think Juan Soto should have been the MVP, agent. but I mean Strasburg is a good pick too. I, I, that's my main thing. I, I just thought I think there's always a bias towards Game Seven, so I, I'm I'm yeah. fine with Strasburg, and he you was always awesome think that, in Game Seven. Yeah. yeah, yeah, and of course Strasburg didn't pick. So oh, wait, was Strasburg? No, it was Scherzer, right? No, it was, yeah, it was Scherzer because his arm was, was all messed up. Yeah, because he quote unquote fell out of bed, which that's always code for something else. We fall out of bed. Six. <laughs> doing it um. doing it <laughs> he was doing it anyway so things equally exciting to doing it and also the world series uh the indians picked up some options uh cory or i picked up an option Corey i'm Kluber. leaving <laughs> <laughs> and then declined jason kipnis and dana this is where we are at merit this is the next oh, yep. several months it's either I... this or getting listening to francisco lindor trade rumors and getting annoyed at them so let me tell you something other. I love the off season because you oh, have you get to be worst. I hate so, it more every year too. Yeah, I know you get to be so granular <laughs> about the dumbest things, or, or you make YouTube you you make you make articles based around you playing MLB the show. Which great news! I got a free copy of, of MLB nineteen. <laughs> I so did I guess, too. It was free this month. Yeah. Guess what? I'm going to be making this year. Oh, what if I threw only cutters with fucking whoever? Yeah. Oh, science, baby. <laughs> Welcome to the offseason. Because it was there was already Francisco Lindor rumor. What? What was that? Francisco I, Lindor rumor. I can't believe it's um, already that the happened. Dodgers were going to acquire him. It was stupid. They would have to but give I, him I don't the know. entire was, team. Give me Gavin and, Lux and some other players, and we're good. And also the weather, but not the fires from Los Angeles. And give all of that to <laughs> give me just the weather. Yeah, yeah. Give me just the weather, but not the fires. And also, <laughs> and I guess Verdugo and, and that that redhead. Who, by the way, freaks me out? Okay. I, no, no, the other redhead, the, the young one, Gavin Lux, maybe. Something? Is that who it is? The, 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 the redhead. Um, yeah, the, the 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 pitcher, the incredibly skinny pitcher with red hair and who who has the beard of an Amishman. Walker Buehler? No, it's not even. No, I, I think it's Gavin Lux. Gavin Lux is a position player. Well, then who's is that it? pitcher? No Gavin Lux has the about. thickest neck on earth. Good lord, he does. He does. Yeah, <laughs> oh man, neck. I gotta. Okay, I'm thinking of someone else. <laughs> um, whoa, gee whiz, <laughs> that was so, that was something about. special. That Dustin May, excuse me, I'm sorry. I knew it was a two syllable, one syllable thing. <laughs> Ooh, this kid oh, is. Ooh, I don't know about that, man. But uh, yeah, they got something. to give him and Alex Verdugo and also Cody Bellinger Gavin and Lux. also Gavin Lux and Gavin Lux. I got to get that neck on this team. Yeah, look at that thing. Look at this monster. <laughs> oh, he's got a nice. But smile. as far as the the options, that's nothing surprising, really. They, they picked up Corey Kluber's, obviously. Whether they trade him or yeah. not, they needed to pick it up. And then Jason Kipnis, I think everybody kind of knew he was done, unless he comes back on like a minor deal. And Dan Otero, he was still on the roster. I did not know that. I know, <laughs> right? I, he's gone now. Which, which is weird because how good he was a couple years ago and it just went yeah. down so fast. Yeah, I read about that, remember? But they'll great. find another one for the meat grinder of relievers. And I don't know. I mean, will they? I, I guess that happened again this year with um, Whitgren and also Goody and also 
Uh, yeah, the other one? cycles within a year. Yeah. Usually it lasts a whole year where they're good, but everybody likes cycle. But they also have James Karinchak for once starting next year. So maybe right. they'll have a consistent good reliever that they have the whole season, which who I guess was, the last your one favorite, was Allen. Who was your favorite random good reliever over the, for the last few years? Oh, Jeff Manship. Okay, good. We're Just for the, the pure randomness. Minute. and Yeah. Who the hell? Call him Jeff Boyboat or... <laughs> <laughs> all aboard the man ship or the, the <laughs> yeah. wonderfully photoshopped images of a battleship with his face in the front <laughs> yes. all great stuff yeah he was fun just because and it was so short too but it was so good um dan otero would just stick or stuck around too long when he was bad i don't know what that was about but it's definitely man ship for me during the season oh, I, remember, I remember i think um one of the guys who writes for the, the athletic in cleveland asked nick goody about being so done about velocity, something like, and, and, and you don't even throw ninety-seven. And he went yet. So my assumption is that Nick Goody's going to work, <laughs> work on his velocity this winter, and he is going to be throwing ninety-seven coming into spring. I think there was, unless I'm mixing it with somebody else, he posted something about working on velocity. Or was good because he really needs to. He throws ninety-three for God's sake. It's at this point, it's literally <laughs> league average. <laughs> I guess it wasn't him. There was somebody who posted about it, but. But yeah, I think it's clear at this point we know you can you can build velocity. So I would hope pretty much everybody's doing it. But who knows? Just throw harder. Who was? I think it was Colin McHugh who just started throwing harder, <laughs> and and literally he or Charlie Morton. He was like eighty nine, ninety, and, he just, and now he throws like ninety six. And you're like, oh, what do you do? Well, I decided to throw harder. What the fuck? So <laughs> he also you know. got that magical Astro spin for a year there. Whoever knows what causes that. Well, it's the um, I believe it's the air pressure within the building. Um, oh, yeah, li- that's it. Yeah. I was listening to the Game 7 uh, broadcast on the way home, and Charlie Slows, the Nats broad- radio guy, uh, was talking about how the the wind was blowing while the roof was closed. And he was like, I'm going to be watching this while the Nats are up. And it turns out that it was just the <laughs> air conditioning. So, yeah. Uh, <laughs> I loved it. It was, a, it was a fun little thing. But you know what? He was on the case. And I think that's all that matters here. He was, he was keeping an eye out and making sure the game was on fair play here. Mayor says no fake wind coming through those vents up there. There's well, there, no there cool, was refreshing wind that, in my baseball game. That was a thing, but years ago that they were doing that while the Astros were on offense, and, and they turned on the AC to blow hard out towards uh, right field to benefit Astros hitters. That was a uh, you know kind of oh, like the man in white or how the, the Indians steal signs all the time with magic. Yeah, I don't even know what the hell Verlander was talking about. I don't know why we didn't oh, talk did about how bad see... he, he was, by the way. Again, for, for like the 900th time, but, you know. Well, the stealing sign things there was a cool thing that Strasburg, I guess in game six, he figured yes. out the Astros were stealing signs, and then he changed it, and he talked about how he did it. That's so cool to me. Or he found that he was tipping pitches, and then he yeah. worked on it, changed well, it. Well, that and then the, the, the thing about Verlander do, doing video study because the Astros have all those, those, those uh, hyper slow-mo cameras, and you notice he mm-hmm. was holding this slider looser than he was during the season and so he stopped doing that he still got knocked around but his slider was working better at the very least so i just think it's amazing those two things like we're at that level now where and i'm sure they noticed that stuff during the season too but um even just little things like i noticed that my slider was not as tight because i was not holding it as tight or the video guy is 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 actively watching the game now and noticing these things so it's because it it wasn't even the pitching coach it was the video guy who told the pitching coach who told strasburg and the fact that there's just that army of guys behind it all is neat, I guess. Neat yeah. is a good word. Uh, so, yeah, Gavin, we, uh, too. <laughs> we went down last week, or last, two weeks ago, we went down with uh, doing our year in review of the MVP countdown. And, of course, now we're in the top five that we did. Um, uh, we could do – I'll just run down mine real quick, and you can do yours if you want, and then we'll talk about the differences. Because we, we were pretty similar on the, the bottom five, but I think we're pretty different on the top. 
But the first we'll do. Um, so what what our combined one was for the whole staff? It was Roberto Perez five, Clevenger four, Lindor three, Shane Bieber two, and Carlos Santana one. Was mine exactly that? Or did I mess up? Uh, no, mine no. Was... You have, you have Clevenger in there. No, yours is not that. But yeah, no, mine is the same. Is it exactly the same? Oh, it's exactly the same. <laughs> yeah, yours was different. Mine came out. Mine came out exactly the way the vote did, but via the tiebreaker. But Santana one, Bieber two, Landor three, Clevenger four, Perez five. Um, Perez got he got an MVP vote for match lifting, which I again we talked about that last week. I don't think that's indefensible at all, considering how good Perez was behind the plate. Um, and of course, Bieber and Santana are up there. You can switch them around any way you want. And then Lindor is super good, and Clevenger is he was a Cy Young candidate, and he was really good too. So, so what are your top five, Mary? Yours was well, a little first of all. Quite a bit I'd like to point out to the listeners that somehow the site manager slash editor, his exact picks were the were the top five. Very interesting, <laughs> oh, yeah, isn't it, friends? It. Very. <laughs> there were there's no thumb on this scale. No, he's his is perfect. It's the right answer. So it just wow, it's all you know. I mean, one. listen, just because I'm as right as it can be. Anyway, <laughs> I also guessed the uh, the tiebreaker for first place, so I made sure to put Santana first. So I anyway, <laughs> mine is as follows: uh, Bieber. This is one through five. Bieber, Lindor, Perez, Mercado, and then Santana five. So Mercado's an outlier here. That boy yes, there. Yes, yes. And they also moved some around. The The reasoning being, Bieber was such a stabilizing influence, I thought, for the um, rotation. I mean, if they didn't have him when everything else went wrong, then they, they're trapped. They're, that's it. I mean, they would have been a rotation of, what, Savale? Garbage? <laughs> no, because well, at that point, Clevenger was hurt. Clevenger was, was on the was, Oh, you're talking early on, point, yeah. Yeah, like, even, like, trash, throughout the yeah. season. It would have been... Awful. I mean, it would have been a, a, a falling apart Bauer, uh, Plezak, Rodriguez, uh, Plutko, Savale, and then um, who am I forgetting? And then someone else. I don't even know who that person would be. I mean, having 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 Bieber be able to be there and be as good as he is, make make the leap he did. I thought was um, probably the, the the one thing that held well, one of the few things that was holding the team together through April and May. Uh, Lindor's. Shut up! Everyone knows why. <laughs> and then, and then Perez, Perez being three is the exact same reason. Basically, his his being able to kind of shepherd those young guys, and he's just so good behind the plate. And he also he's good offensively. From well, for the, he was a he was, a, he was an average hitter throughout the season, was he not? Yeah, no, he was good. Yeah, he was he was yeah, right yeah. on hundred WSC plus. I think everybody. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So yeah, so and then that 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 makes him just so valuable. The, the fact that he does not drag the offense down, and then he brings so much to the plate. Uh, like watching the World Series, um, and even the NLCS, I believe, um, there were a couple times there where Jan Gomes was at his framing best, and I just like I was like, hell yeah! The fact that they had both of those guys uh, alternating behind the plate last year is just absurd. When when they can just control a game the way they can, yeah. So yeah, then I put Mercado four. Um, I realize in retrospect that's kind of an oddball. Um, <laughs> He's kind of high up there. That I guess it goes with the same thing though, right? Like holding it's down a the stabilization outfield, like, factor. Him coming up. up, right? Yeah. Right, I mean the outfield was so bad. Man. Like I, I know it's so so long ago now, but it was so bad. <laughs> I mean, yeah. just on any given day, it was. Uh, who was even so bad there? Bauer and then or Bowers and um, Leonis Martin, and who was even playing right at that point? Would, would it have been Carlos Gonzalez? Carlos Gonzalez? Oh, <laughs> That's a lot of it. Um, Jesus Christ. So you're admitting that Just, stabilization is a good reason to uh, have a player up high. Like, if they're really good when the team is bad, it's a good reason to have them 
in the top couple. So now please explain what Carlos Santana is. I don't know if I like how you're saying this. Um, (laughs) Let's go to the next one and you're number five here on the countdown. Uh, Well, I mean, Carlos Santana was just really good. (laughs) That's just a damn. He was really good this year. (laughs) And again, in retrospect, maybe I had him a little low, but I still, I, uh, yeah, the Mercado, the Mercado, he was, he was, he was magnificent this year. I mean, he was just, what blows my mind though, is that he was so, so good. And like Lindor had a pretty good season. I watch these guys all the time. And then I look at their numbers by like the, High, the higher order rate stats like WRC plus, and they're like they're up there, you know, but they're not like top ten hit in hitting or anything like that in in baseball. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, they're just pretty good, but they're not like they're, super elite this year. It it, and every time this happens, I'm just like, why can't the Indians get it? You know, I mean, where was uh, Santana was 25th in WRC plus, and that's the highest of any Indian. Why can't the Indians get something like a George Springer at 156 or? Nelson Cruz at 160, and they could have had Nelson. I mean, Cruz. They, yeah, I was gonna say they could have had that one, but you know, or you know, I mean, just any, any of these guys who are over 140, you know what I mean, like Xander Bogarts or Anthony Rizzo or Juan, ooh, Juan Soto. Hmm, did you get one of those? One, please. <laughs> this list is disgusting because of all the Astros. <laughs> WRC really plus gross, over yeah. 140, <laughs> and then Jose LT at 138. God damn it! But I just, I'm, it's you know, it's it's a, an eternal reminder that the Indians just have a. Oh, there's Michael Brantley, 133. Boy, that should, that would should be nice. They, they have a problem of, of somehow creating elite hitters, I guess, because like they have elite players, obviously, um, and they have guys with elite attributes, which we'll get to in a minute with Santana and his eye. But it's the sum of it all, I guess, at the plate that they just don't quite have it and haven't had it since, I guess, Tommy, really, or the last real guy who came up who was just earth-shatteringly good offensively would have been. Someone from the '90s, Manny, probably. I guess none, none of the guys in the in like the 2000s. That stretch. I mean, Grady Sizemore was pretty good offensively. He was, but again, he was pretty good. He wasn't no, great. He was, he, I think he was great, right? No, he was not. He was, Grady he was, Sizemore. It was like a hundred and like a, he was like again like a like a like a one thirty five guy. Sizemore at, at his very best, he was great because he was a center fielder. But offensively, yeah, one one thirty two WRC plus. You know, like. That that is the type of player the Indians routinely create, and that's great. Again, the the the, the way that, that Sizemore or Lindor or any of these guys can affect a game, even even at his best, uh, what's his name, uh, Ramirez was what one forty four, I think, or one forty six WRC plus a couple years ago, which is fantastic. That would be the fourth or fifth best on the Astros at this point. Um, I don't know how you fix that, but I don't know what the Astros are doing with Bregman I mean, besides and, money, and Alvarez and Santana. <laughs> Well, yeah, the money, guys. obviously, but but all those guys are cheap still, right? Like, yeah, like, like in the Astros' case, obviously, or and it's not like, it's not like Nelson Cruz was expensive. I don't I don't think you're purposely making this point, but there's also the, uh, it, I guess it doesn't date for that far back, but they do have this position on their uh, their staff that's meant to help these players hit more good. I believe it's called like a hitting coach, a, a batting a batting man, a uh, what do you call that that fella, a batsman, a batsman well, director. I know where you're going, and, I, and, no, and no, he doesn't exist. First of all, and second of all, I don't, I don't think it would be a him thing. I think this is a this is a deeper minor. No, it's thing. obviously way further back than that. But it, I mean, it's exactly, also, yeah, it's it's somewhere. Yeah, it's, it's somewhere down. He's uh, no. Um, it, it doesn't seem like he's <laughs> doing anything. He's I mean he's been doing the same thing for eight years, and look where it's got him. Yeah. A whole bunch of pretty good hitters, and I don't know. It would just be nice if one of these guys could turn into a freak of nature. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, 
for more than a day or two. So I don't know. And I realize yeah. that's nitpicking. Again, they have the guys who affect the game in so many other ways. But but it's been like you know what really plays a player or a seven. You know, yeah, you know what really plays well like in the postseason is a guy who just seventy just, dingers. Yeah, just, just fucking just bends the entire like <laughs> space time around him <laughs> and just control like 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 Soto did basically. He just seemed to have just yeah. seized control of the and you know even him he's twelfth in WRC plus this year so. Or Bregman, I don't. You know. Maybe I just blocked too much out of my memory, but I don't remember like Lindor Ramirez having that level of control in the World Series or even the playoffs that year. So like it was all that that Ryan Merritt game that was a big like taking over kind of moment. But there was no yeah. like I can't think of anything specific Lindor or Jose Ramirez did where they took over quite as much as Juan Soto did that year. I I don't I don't think that either of them really had yeah, I didn't really have flashball moments that I can think of. They both were kind of cold, quite honestly. I don't think either even really performed. Yeah, I mean, I think of Roberto Perez before I think of either one of those. That two home right? Run, no, that's the thing. Big game you have. If anyone had a star turn in the you know it. It, it was him. It was a faceless at the time. How dare you? Backup catcher pressed into starting duty because the starting catcher was hurt. Yeah. Uh, and like those are the games that you're supposed to have if you're the superstar. Theoretically, and it's 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 wrong obviously to judge Lindor or Ramirez on a stretch of seven games. I mean, we've seen them have just as incredible seven games as that we've seen them have terrible seven games stretches. But yeah, and I think if they won everything. that World Series, like they they could have done something crazy, like the. The White Sox did with the Juan Uribe statue, like give Rajai Davis a statue of him choking up on the bat. But but I don't give anything to Lindor Ramirez for that series. This isn't trying to knock those two too bad, but no, it's just I just I want know. them to explode and stay. None of them, for yes, no, none of the, neither of them were were star players. Neither of them were the the stars in the sense that they were the the the, the center of a talking point. The way Soto just like like you know the, the way he behaved in the in the in the batter's box and all that stuff, and then it came through with it all. I mean, he bit, beat the piss out of the ball in the World Series. <laughs> he did, yeah. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, that's, that's, that's our top. I mean, Carlos Santana was our team overall one. Um, yeah, that's our – that was fun counting those down. It was fun I loved seeing that. everybody's Kansas. Yeah. Um, and, of course, our, our MVP, Carlos Santana, We there was a very special thing that he did, or that he is, is that Alex Hooper looked at is at his eye level, or how he looks at the ball, basically. So, Baseball Savant, which is every single time I open that website, I find a new thing to get lost in. I just keep clicking. So those are just halfway useless. It's amazing. The what? I love it. There's so much stuff there. It's like, what is the use of any of this? But I love <laughs> well, it. There's one. Oh, where is it? I gotta find it. Because on some of them, there's like a little green box that explains what they are, and it's obviously just Darren Willem. Like I made this. One of them. Oh man, what was it? It was just like one of the boxes was. I wondered what that was. This would look like, so I did it. And that was like, but it's a big, complicated chart of like moving stuff and like. He's just so great at what he does, and I mean, half of it I'm never going to use, but I always discover something new. But well, and that's but the, the one fun that Alan... part because it's just they, they gave a mad scientist unlimited free right. right. He, has, he has a small crew. It's like him and like, like maybe eight other people. Yeah, yeah. Petriello is there to basically like decode it all for, for the layman, and then and then they have the, that Tom Tango character lurking in the in the background doing secret things. You know, he's the, he's the real mad scientist, but they're just kind of doing things. What are they doing over there? No one really knows, but it's yeah, it's 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 it is really fantastic. Now, do you think it's at all bad that I don't I don't want to say need, but like having one of these things enhances baseball so much? Like for to most football fans, I don't think if they had something like this, it would make that big of a difference. But the baseball, like you need a lot of this stuff to really appreciate how great it is. Is that almost a, a bad thing for the sport? No, I mean I don't I I disagree that you do need it. <clears throat> I mean. 
all you really need is the game on and beer, but um, <laughs> and a hot dog, I guess, or whatever. I guess, you know. I guess it just helps. I, I guess I would like. I guess it's 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 so much fun because I would like a version of this too. Oh, and and I'm sure some like, like I've seen before it all went behind paywalls and stuff like the, the the nba has those motion tracking cameras themselves that track everything and the ball going on on a court and it's it's really cool just to kind of i've seen similar ones for soccer actually soccer is a neat one it, and would benefit from more of this just because there's so much crap going on in the entire pitch that like just because the the ball isn't near someone doesn't mean that it's their movement isn't important you know what i mean so it's, and it's similar with baseball with with these strange visualizations and crazy breakdowns and this and that other thing uh i think the things that are the least good are like the home run visuals i just don't fucking care i, I don't know I, they, they don't do anything you know what i mean it's like look at this little red line i'm like yeah i know i saw the actual hit like i i don't know those i they have the one that pops up on like the game day thing you know where it shows a little arc with a degree and the, and the exit velocity and i think part my one issue with it is my it's, it all blurs together now because it's always like 104 miles an hour. It's one, you know, it's because it's always the same. The only good one ever was when Edwin Encarnacion hit that inside the park home run because the little ball, the little ball show was like boop 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 boop, boop like, and that was that was very funny. But I don't know, I mean, things like that just kind of blur in my eyes now. But these the, the crazy other things like the player similarity charts and the shifts and the swing take profile and I don't know, it's just yeah, it's cool and you're just like what the. Like if this is what we as the people are allowed to look at, you wonder at oh what, what, what baseball actually what has don't we have? You know what I mean? Like what what are they seeing that we're not? And it's just and theoretically, uh, there's at least like 32 variations of it or 30 variations of it. I'm sure they're right, looking at the same general information, but how they visualize. I want to see like the best, like the Astros, and also just see like the Royals and just compare them what they have. <laughs> we, we I'd love to the see the disparity. Thing. And I was like, the Royals, yes, the Royals. <laughs> the, the Royals have like a notebook that Dayton Moore writes in. Like, ball was the, fast. This, they them. have an old man who's chewing gum. Nope, that ain't good enough. <laughs> that was <Yeah>. loud. <laughs> a loud ball. Oh, there you go. Ooh, sounds like a gunshot all that bad there. I'll tell you what, boy. <laughs> Are you Cajun? No. <laughs> and they also hired Mike Matheny, so that's he's going to fit right in. Um, for better, so it's it's a perfect organization. Yeah, like the, I don't know. It's why 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 does the player similarity thing have the ability to pull the thing around where I can make it look like a little squid man? Wee. Anyway, <laughs> that reminds me of that. Um, what was that. I don't know, I think we talked about it before. There's an old Flash game where it's a guy like a little toy thing that you kill and then you can move it like that. Anyway, the thing that Alex found um, was it was looking at Carlos Santana's eye at the plate. The Tom Tango, who you mentioned, the mad scientist, he had a, a whole rundown of how this thing works. It looks at Basically, the run expectancy, um, the run expectancy compared to the runs that the, the player generated, and they call it a run value. So, like outside the plate, you're usually not typically expected to get a lot. So, if you do generate a lot of runs, it, you get a higher number. So, like Carlos Santana, they have these zones. They're called the heart of the plate, right over the plate. Shadow, it could be like it's typically 50 50. It's either a ball or a strike right outside the zone. And then there's chase pitches, which are the ones that the pitcher's trying to get the hitters to swing at. So, obviously, you don't want. You're not going to be very good there. And then there's waste pitches, which are rarely ever thrown and rarely ever swung at. So Carlos Santana is among the elite at, at basically everything. He was um, he he matched Mike Trout on on what they call the heart the heart pitches run the run value on balls in the heart, which is a negative five run value. But again, like in a perfect world, you see every one of those meatballs and you crush them all. So your run expectancy is going to be lower than what it technically should be. But that's just because you're human. So Carlos Santana's was negative five. So was Mike Trout's. But then also there's like 
on his outside stuff, he was plus 33 runs in, in the chase zone. So what that means is he does not get fooled on anything, which we already know watching Carlos Santana. He drills a ton of walks. He always has a huge on base percentage. And he's also good on waste. Um, the, the pitch is way outside of the zone. He doesn't chase on shadow. He's negative six, which again, that's one that's typically you, the, the run expectancy, which is like a perfect model of a human doing it is, is going to be pretty high, but obviously a real human isn't great. And my favorite thing about what Alex found was actually that, that a player like Reese Hoskins, who is, is virtually the same as Carlos Santana on everything outside of the plate. Like Santana is on his waist is plus 13. Hoskins is plus 16 on the shadow uh, on the shadow. He's, minus six and Hoskins is negative three. So they're really close, but, but Reese Hoskins is negative 34 at the heart of the plate. So that tells you like, you could look at this kind of thing and see that while they're both really good at identifying most pitches to not swing at Reese Hoskins is also bad at, he just doesn't swing at things. (laughs) It doesn't matter. Like you can see the clear difference where people always say that Santana is too patient, but he clearly is swinging at the ones he's supposed to higher than average, higher than like Reese Hoskins, who just isn't swinging at the right pitches in the zone. So I thought that was really neat. I think you can also like transfer the what we've learned from Alex's post, like look at other players, like for instance, Jake Bowers, who who's known for having a you you'd hope you have a decent eye. It's like his one positive that he's had on the raise and hopefully he's brought over. Yeah. Um, but he's been okay. He hasn't been great. He has negative run um on his heart. So I mean like the pitch is down the zone. Again, he's similar to Santana, he's not that far off. So I think you wrote about this before, I think, with different numbers, just looking at Jake Bowers' eye at the plate. So I think there is some hope here. Oh, definitely. He's um, if he can very, have the power to, to keep being I'm, patient and selective. In talking with Jake Bauer about Jake Bauer specifically, he does he puts himself into good positions in terms of you know good hitters counts more often than uh, the average hitter. It's just it's the execution. I think I think he there are, there are times and this is just me thinking about watching him um, where he does seem to fall into the same trap that like Hoskins does too, in that he doesn't. Go after pitches he should. Case in point, that negative seventeen uh, runs in the in the shadow of the plate. Uh, that again, not pitches you should or should not swing at necessarily depends. But I think he, I think it's an age. I think it's a growing up thing. He's still so young. Um, I, that blows my mind about Hoskins. Though. That's crazy. Pa- <laughs> he's so good at everything virtue. else except right down the plate. Yeah. I just he's like, no. I will not. I cannot swing that. That's not fair <laughs> to the pitcher. I cannot do this. And, and even with Bowers, like that negative 17 on the shadow, that's like anecdotally that that feels right because there were so many times that it just felt like he wasn't swinging at these pitches that right on the edge. It's I mean, my I thought was always I was upset seen, about it and his mom got mad at me. So my thought was that it always seemed like he was just like off sequence or something. You know what I mean? Like he was thinking the pitcher was and, and that I think is a thing that comes from watching video and getting used to players and how pe- people are treating you. And he's only. I guess he's been around for a little while now, but it's but only been, been a little while. That long. It's, yeah, it's exactly. It's up. only been a little while. Let's be honest here. He'll where where it all ends up. Who knows? It'd be nice if he learned how to hit and he turned into that guy I was talking about before the you know the the earth shatteringly good offensive player. But who knows? Uh, he's like you said. He's, he, the things look like they're moving in the right direction. Twenty four percent of the time he swings at a chase pitch, and twenty three percent of the time is a league average. He's a very league average player when you really look at these numbers, actually. 43% of the time he goes after a pitch in the shadow of the plate, and that's league average. 25% of the time he goes out after a pitch in the middle of the plate, in the heart of the plate, that's also league average. So worst case scenario, he's a league average player, and that's that's fine, I guess. It would be nice if you would be above. <laughs> I guess. I mean, that's not what we want. Like, we're just talking about we want no. these big explosive guys. It's just maybe not that. Right, exactly. That's actually quite surprising. I, I did not really... 
wow, he really is a pretty average player when it comes to play discipline. Damn. Yeah, which I guess is better than being Reese Hoskins. Who knows? Yeah. Reece <laughs> Although Reese Hoskins is. rules occasionally. Just all the time. He has his ebbs and his flows, I guess. Yeah. Oof. He really right. does chase more than he should be. <laughs> That's going to do it for us this week. It was a little shorter one because you're dying and also drove a lot. And there's nothing happening. Baseball is in... This is the worst time. part of an offseason, right? This is when nothing happens. Everybody's talked about trading for Lindor. There's no winter meetings. There's no nothing. This is the dark time. So. Well, what I mean, what else would there be to talk about? We complain about Jose, Jose Ramirez being bad, but he's not really bad anymore. He had a good stretch to end the season. Um, Trevor Bauer's gone, so we can't talk about him anymore. <laughs> um, we never did a whole lot either when he was here. I guess that we nah, talked that's about true. Just the, I don't Every know. now and again, we, we, we chat about him, I guess. I'm planning on write, doing some writing about the the young guys, but that's just because that's where hope lies. Um, <laughs> hey, that Ryan, yeah. that was fun, huh? There you go. Neat. It seems like Neat. a lot of the young guys come that, up in 2021, too. I, I think 2020 might be more dud of a year than 2019 was. Is that terrible? More of a thing? dud? Yeah. Like Why? more of a secret rebuild kind of thing. Because like all no, their prospects... Next year's going to be way better. As long as they're not injured, but... Well, but yeah, as far as like what the the Indians might be shooting for, I think they might be looking for twenty twenty one instead. With that's when all their big guys are slated to come up. I don't know. Hopefully not. But. Well, I just I, I I hate the idea of being like, well, we're going to count on these prospects to be good later because prospects can take some time to be good. You know what I mean? Like it's not always not every prospect is your Don Alvarez. Sometimes it's it's a uh, someone like I don't know who was who was someone who kind of stunk for a while and then got good. Someone like that guy that I'm talking about who stunk for a while and then got <laughs> I'll insert good. it with like the Microsoft auto talk voice. Oscar Mercado was plus McGiggins. four runs in the heart of the uh, plate. Really? Yeah, plus four, baby. So what is that? What is that? I, yeah, he's just good at... I'm trying to translate that into layman's. He's he's just good at hitting the pitches he's supposed to, I guess, right? Yeah. yeah Which also tracks. 16. I think he cha- his problem was chasing, right? He's swing... Yes, that's the thing. I mean, he's negative 16 on pitches in the shadow, then plus 12 on... Um, Chase pitches and basically league wow, average. So he's on good on chase pitches too. See, I wouldn't have thought that one. I would have thought the the heart pitches, but chase, I would have thought he would have been worse. Interesting. So. I think he, I think he might have good recognitions of, of, of pitches in the zone, but not what it is. I don't know. That, that that could be a good way to look at that. This is a fun thing. Yeah, yeah. Thanks, well, Darren Wilman, for like doing another thing. stupid thing. This is great. <laughs> on that note, uh, that's gonna do it. All right. Talk to you next week. Great. Hey, I'll see you.